All right, friends, it's hoop ball promo time. This is big because this is our 2020-2021 NBA season product rollout, and I am so excited to tell you about what we've got. We almost never push our hoop ball products, but this is the window of the year where we need to power that engine. So let me tell you what's out. We've got our draft guide, our flagship's shining beacon to the most comprehensive draft guide in fantasy. We cover all over 400 players this season with future access pass to our Brewski 150. Now, if you don't know what the Brewski 150 is, I'm here to give you the need-to-know info. This is the fantasy draft list that has beaten every other list for 10 straight years and new this year for hootball we're unveiling our monthly membership plans featuring our fantasy pass draft guide brewski 150 our new dfs pass premium in-season tools as well as our wager pass for sports bettors everything you need we've got you covered 365 around the clock hoop ball tools is your one-stop shop for your nba treasure trove of fantasy need to know information all that you need and more check us out head to hoop-ball.com or follow at hoopball fantasy on twitter now check it out give us a follow get your tools and win your league all right friends it's hoop ball promo time this is big because this is our 2020-2021 NBA season product rollout, and I am so excited to tell you about what we've got. We almost never push our hoop ball products, but this is the window of the year where we need to power that engine. So let me tell you what's out. We've got our draft guide, our flagship's shining beacon to the most comprehensive draft guide in fantasy. We cover all over 400 players this season with future access pass to our Brewski 150. Now, if you don't know what the Brewski 150 is, I'm here to give you the need-to-know info. This is the fantasy draft list that has beaten every other list for 10 straight years and new this year for hootball we're unveiling our monthly membership plans featuring our fantasy pass draft guide brewski 150 our new dfs pass premium in-season tools as well as our wager pass for sports bettors everything you need we've got you covered 365 around the clock hoop ball tools is your one-stop shop for your nba treasure trove of fantasy need to know information all that you need and more check us out head to hoop-ball.com or follow at hoopball fantasy on twitter now check it out give us a follow get your tools and win your league the following is a hoop bowl presentation Good evening, Hoopballers. It's January 14th, 2020. Box score breakdown alongside David Bracey. This is Hank Aaron. David, how you doing? Hank, I'm doing good. How about yourself? Doing well, doing well. Just recovering after a uh, long weekend of sports. And um, got a decent slate of games tonight. We got six games on the docket, so we'll jump into those. Before we do, we'd like to remind everyone about our newest and returning sponsor, MyBookie.ag. Uh, this is a website you can get on to bet on all your basketball games. You can bet on you know, daily games. You can bet on championship. Who's going to win it? Uh, when I look at the odds, the Lakers are listed as the favorite at plus 230. Personally, I think the Clippers' odds at plus 375. I like those odds. 
if I'm betting on someone to win. Uh, don't think that they're necessarily have a better chance than the Lakers, but I think it's a coin flip between the two of them. So you're getting almost twice as much on your action. And if you want to get to mybookie.ag, use the promo code BOXSCORE to get a 50% bonus up to $1,000. So if you deposit $2,000, you put in the box score, you put in the promo code BOXSCORE, you're going to get an extra $1,000 to do betting, uh, a little bit more action, and you know, in turn that will really give you much better odds than if you were just betting your own money. So uh, once again, we want to remind everyone, mybookie.ag. Promo code box score get up to a thousand dollars on your first deposit. Now, jumping into the slate of games we've got tonight, let's start over in Memphis, where the Grizzlies have been pretty surprising this season, and they got another good win tonight. Uh, I'll start us off with the Rockets. You got PJ Tucker uh, dropping zero points on zero of one from the field, seven rebounds, three assists, one steal. Clint. Clint Capella going 33 minutes, 16 points, 16 rebounds, two assists, no steals, no blocks, and an uncharacteristically high four turnovers. Austin Rivers getting the start tonight, 27 minutes, 10 points for him, five assists, two rebounds, two turnovers. Harden, poor shooting night, 13 of 37, but he still hit five threes and 10 of 11 from the line. 41 points, six assists, no steals, one block, one turnover. And then Ben McLemore also getting a start. 5 of 12 from the field. 4 threes, 14 points. Off the bench, you got Gordon with one of his best games of the season. 9 of 19. Hit 4 threes, 23 points, 4 rebounds, 1 assist, 1 steal. And Daniel House, 26 minutes, only 4 points for him, 3 rebounds. Um, with Capella back, Isaiah Hardenstein only got 4 minutes, 2 points for him. So he's back off the radar. Tyson Chandler also 2 minutes. Um Somebody we had discussed a couple of weeks ago uh, who had scored zero points in that game and scored zero points again is P.J. Tucker. Um, he also scored zero points in a couple of other games in between. So I advocated holding him, but at this point it's going to be difficult uh, you know, to keep doing that if he keeps putting up zero points. Now, um, he also did get banged up in the last game. Uh, so there was that, and and he did have a pretty good game in the interim. So he kind of flashed where his upside is in terms of rebounds, steals, blocks. He can hit some threes, give you low turnovers, but these zero-point games are really a disaster, and I can't blame anyone for cutting him. At the same time, I'm still going to remain patient a little bit because his season-long numbers are still decent, but... Um, as I said, you know, zero points tonight, zero points in the last game, only two minutes played, three points in the game before that, and it was four games ago when he had eight points, 17 rebounds, two steals, and a block. So, um, and then before that, he had uh, zero points in two, two more games. So, it's it's going to be tough to hold him. I, you know, I mean, if you're if you're desperate for production, I understand a cut. If you're in a little bit stronger shape, and you're not desperate for a playoff spot, you're not fighting for your life, I'd still give him some more leash, but I certainly understand cutting him. What's your thoughts about P.J. Tucker? Yeah, um, you know, I, I definitely I definitely understood your points a couple weeks ago when we kind of had this conversation um, about P.J. and his value and kind of how he's an underappreciated um, fantasy contributor. But as you said, I mean, his production has been anything but consistent and 
when he is producing, um, you know, the categories that he really helps you in and they're not necessarily jumping off of the box score. So like you said, if you're in a strong position in your league, I think he's a guy you can hold just because of his defensive versatility um, and the fact that he's really going to kind of help you pad a couple stats here and there um, without really killing you anywhere, except on the nights where, like you said, he has a goose egg. Um, but in, more, in a more competitive setting, definitely, I think, a guy who you can go ahead and send to the wire for a more, uh, a more viable uh, pickup. All right. And other than him, um, Gordon with a pretty good game tonight uh, certainly puts him in the streaming conversation if you need points and threes. Ben McLemore also, I mean, if he's going to start and he's going to get 38 minutes, um, you know, not a, not a fantasy stud by any means, but if you need three-pointers, um, you could fire him up uh, on a streaming basis as long as he's getting these minutes. The minutes are, um, I'm not sure if they're quite a season high in a regular season game, but, but they're at the higher end. He doesn't usually get this high, so... Just keep your eye on him. If he continues to get minutes like this, I think he'll be worth adding as a three-point, you know, perhaps just even as a three-point specialist, but at the minimum as a streamer. Um, Anything else with the Rockets? No, I think that's it. All right. How about the Grizz? All right. For the Grizz, John Morant was the high scorer tonight. 36 minutes for 26 points on 10 of 11 from the field. Absolutely blistering. Gave you three threes. Perfect three of three from the line. Five rebounds, eight assists, a steal, a block, and two turnovers. Uh, Josh in 31 minutes had 24 points on eight of 17 from the field. Gave you six threes, four rebounds, three assists, two blocks, and a steal. Um, definitely uncharacteristic as far as the defensive stats tonight from Dylan Brooks, but I guess that went with the hot hand in shooting, so he really contributed for you across the board. JV starting in the middle, 27 minutes, 19 points on 8 of 14 from the field, 3 or 4 from the free throw line, 6 rebounds, 2 assists, a block, no steals, and 1 turnover. Kyle Anderson, 17 minutes, didn't do anything with him at all, 0 points, 4 rebounds, a block, no steals, no turnovers, and no assists. And then JJJ, 30 minutes, 15 points, 6 of 16 from the field, gave you 2 threes, 2 rebounds, and assists two blocks and three steals. I mean, the guy's been going absolutely crazy. This is the player that we were hoping for. Um, he's definitely in the really, really looking like a strong, possibly first or second rounder next season, in my opinion. And off of the bench, really the only guy I would think worth mentioning, the Anthony Melton, 26 minutes, 12 points and four, nine from the field, six rebounds, four assists, a block, no steals and no turnovers. Um, if he can Tyus Jones. For some reason, they're still feeding Tyus Jones minutes. Got 11 minutes tonight and didn't do absolutely two points and then assist. Um, if Melton can get the extra minutes, I think that he really his value is really really going to skyrocket. We know his defensive versatility. We know his steal rate is absolutely insane. Um, so I'm I'm really just hoping that the Grizzlies will eventually cut him loose. I think it helped tonight that Jay Crowder was out of the lineup, so it kind of forced him into a little bit more minutes. But hopefully, this is something that they'll start to you know develop more consistently uh do you have any thoughts about the grizzlies yeah i'm with you on melton uh i think he's still worth an ad even now um my my concern is i don't think he's gonna fully break out this year uh i you know like you said crowder was out tonight and they're still giving minutes i mean they're still giving minutes to solomon hill tyus jones uh, and it looks like they're going to be competitive, at least for a playoff spot. 
So I don't see them fully turning him loose. Uh, just my guess. But I think even in limited minutes, he's providing 12-team value. So if you look at that as, as a floor and the fact that he can go much higher, I think it makes him worth an add. But otherwise, I think you cover the rest of it. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. I think Melton will probably really have his breakout next season. And I'm sure it has something to do with the fact he's going to be a restricted free agent this summer. So the Grizz are probably trying to keep that that offer sheet um, pretty manageable, if I had to imagine. Yep, uh, not a bad idea. All right, yeah. let's go over the next game. We had the Knicks visiting Milwaukee Bucks. Taj Gibson continues to start inexplicably. Uh, 11 minutes for him, <laughs> zero points, no rebounds, one assist, one steal. Julius Randle having one of his better games of the season, 25 and 15. That's not unusual, but 10 of 20 from the field, three three-pointers, and two of two from the free throw line. The efficiency in terms of the percentages, very welcome, welcome sight for his owner. So I think if you're a Julius Randle owner, that's... Um, those are typically the percentages are the things that are holding him back. Also the turnovers, which he had four of tonight. But nice sight to see the, the good percentages. Alfred Payton also getting a start, but only 19 minutes, two points, five assists. Uh, this game was a blowout, so it wasn't really close in the fourth. Reggie Bullock getting the start as well. Zero of eight from the field, zero of four from the three-point line, three of three from the free-throw line, three points. So horrible line for him. Uh, we did. We also discussed him. You know, I, I I consider him an option if you're desperate for a three-point shooter. Uh, tonight's line uh, again. If you're looking at the actual production, it's horrible. But if you're looking at the fact that he's he's continuing to start, his minutes have been ramping up. Uh, in the last couple of games, um, you know, he had 27 and 28 minutes, and he scored 16 and 15. So. Uh, I still think he's a viable guy if you need a three-point specialist. Um, obviously, he's not going to contribute much outside of that, but three-pointer steals, he, he could work, and I think that the starting role in the minutes is what's key. Don't get uh, confused or, or blown away by a poor shooting night. You know, Because even then, he, he took four, four three-pointers tonight and eight shots. Uh, and then R.J. Barrett, again, 22 points, eight rebounds, three assists, one steal. So good with the, the counting stats, but six of 15 from the field, it hurts. Five three-pointers, that's pretty good. Five, six from the free throw line isn't bad. But the percentages is what's holding him back, and that's likely not to get repaired before the end of the year. Bobby Portis, 27 minutes for him, 20 points off the bench, eight rebounds, one assist, one steal. And then Mitchell Robinson, everybody's favorite fantasy headache. Three of five from the field, one of four from the free throw line, three rebounds, two assists, one block, seven points. So uh, tonight he was held back by his fouls, five fouls tonight. Um, we all saw him take off and really finish the season strong last year. So, um, if you're in a position where you could potentially buy low on him, it probably makes sense, but it's not a sure bet to, to finish strong, but I, I think it's more likely than not. If you own him, he's going to be a hard guy to get decent value for. So it almost doesn't make sense to sell, um, but if someone's willing to give you a lot and they believe in his upside, you know, maybe you could pull the trigger there. Uh, but again, the points, the rebounds. I mean, even even in the limited production, he's he's still showing up pretty high on the um, nine category Raider on the season on a per game basis. He's at 63. So mid round value, uh, even with his poor production thus far. Uh, anything else for the Knicks? 
Um, I guess one question for you, two-parter. So in regards to Mitchell Robinson, what is your valuation of him rest of season? And if you were going to theoretically move him in a trade, what is the, what's the lowest value that you'd be willing to move on? So uh, with Mitchell Robinson, it's not a theoretical question. I do own him in my biggest money league. I own him in a few leagues, in fact, <laughs> but, I, but I own him in my biggest money league. And um, I don't think I'd let him go for anything less than a solid top 50 guy. Uh, I think that's what it would take for me to move him. Uh, I just I, I don't see what the point is, you know, because even now, He's still giving you sixth-round value on the season with his poor production, so you figure he can't get much worse than that. And the the upside is is very apparent, and it you'd like to think he's going to start starting at some point, um, but it just hasn't happened yet. And you know he's regressing in terms of his foul shooting. But I think for a top fifty guy, I do it. I'll take a quick peruse here, see who's below him that I would still move for. Um, yeah, I'm not seeing... Like, for instance, Buddy Heald. Maybe I would trade him for Buddy Heald. Buddy Heald's been performing poorly so far this year. You know, he's got some upside. Uh, De'Aaron Fox, somebody maybe I'd move him for. Um, something like that. I wouldn't I wouldn't, I wouldn't. wouldn't want to move him because he's he, he has been consistently getting listed on the injury report with the Torah toe problem but he's been pretty durable um you know anyone above him Shea Shea Gorgeous I would make that trade Tobias Harris I'd probably do that um like Chris Apps Porzingis wouldn't do that at all um just cause I'm concerned about Porzingis' health Jaron Jackson Domantas Sobanis I don't think you can get those guys for him so you're kind of stuck because it's going to be hard to get someone who's been outperforming this year, but if someone's below him, it's just not going to make sense given that they're not going to have his upside. Yeah, I agree with you. So what would you trade Mitchell Robinson for? Yeah, you know, I definitely liked um, your suggestion of Buddy Heald or De'Aaron Fox. Personally, I'm just a really big fan of both of those guys um, and definitely being a hoop baller. You know, we got to be, everybody's got to be a Kings fan deep down somewhere. So, <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> but, uh, you get, yeah. uh, what is it? So, we get Stockholm syndrome here, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely like both of those guys as potential targets, um, in a trade for Mitchell Robinson, just because I think that they're definitely are going to have, um, kind of a late season value spike. Uh, and I, I really, really like Buddy Yields you know, ability to really, uh, really, really pop off at any given time. He's had some pretty consistent um, contributions. He's really seen his assist totals kind of start to rise. Um, and definitely having De'Aaron Fox back in the lineup is actually helping him a lot more than I think some would have anticipated. So I think Buddy Heald is definitely a really good target. All right. Uh, uh, I think that's, I guess we're on the same page. How about, so what do you see with the Bucks line tonight? Yeah, okay. So on the Milwaukee side, um, let's start in the middle. Brooke Lopez, 22 minutes, seven points on two or three from the field. Gave you a three, two rebounds, and three assists. Uh, stealing two blocks. Lopez's block totals have really been coming on, on as of late, which you definitely love to see. That's why you drafted him. Wes Matthews, 26, minute, 26 minutes, six points on two and nine from the field. Couldn't really find the shot tonight. Five rebounds, two assists, and a steal. Eric Bledsoe, 
21 minutes, 11 points on three and nine from the field. Struggled a little bit with his shot, but looked really, really spry out there. Definitely safe to say uh, Bledsoe is back, uh, which you definitely are looking forward to being an owner. Six rebounds, three assists, two turnovers, and no defensive stats tonight from Bledsoe. Middleton got 20 minutes for 17 points on six and nine from the field. Gave you a three, three rebounds, three assists, a steal, and two turnovers. And then Giannis Antetokounmpo in 21 minutes went absolutely bonkers. 37 points on 12-17 from the field is just ridiculous. 10-12 from the free throw line is very, very strong. You'll take that any night of the week. Nine rebounds, four assists, a block, no steals, and only one turnover. I mean, watching this game tonight, the Knicks never stood a chance. This guy was an absolute force to be reckoned with. He was Euro-stepping through the entire team. He was going around and through people. I mean, if he is not going to repeat as MVP this season, I don't know whom they are going to be voting for because the Bucks look incredible. He looks unstoppable, and they are just rolling through the East. Um, and then a couple guys of note off of the bench. Dante DiVincenzo, 16 minutes for nine points and four of eight from the field. Gave you a three, three rebounds, four assists, two blocks, and three turnovers. Uh, DiVincenzo has been kind of quietly good from a defensive perspective, um, giving you some pretty solid defensive stats. Over the past couple weeks, I definitely think that this is a guy who's going to continue to get minutes for them off the bench. Um, and definitely with Bledsoe um, <clears throat> and his health kind of being in question at some points, I kind of wonder if he's going to, if Steven Chindo is going to play his way into a minute share over George Hill. Uh, tonight, he definitely won out um, that minute share, 16 minutes over George Hill's 11. So I'm wondering what that's going to look like for Devin Chinzo. But he's a guy, like I said, who I think is kind of has some sneaky value in a 12-team league and definitely somebody who I'm kind of keeping my eye on. Um, any thoughts from you about the Milwaukee Bucks for their bench? I agree with you on DiVincenzo. I think that um, he's really his value is just being limited by his minutes, and he may be able to play his way into more. So I like him as a stash now. Um, put him at the end of your bench and see what happens. And if he doesn't get a bigger role, um, he's still providing some very low-end value with his defensive stats, his three-point shooting, and if he that's not doing it for you cut him in a few weeks but um i like him as a stash right now and and i, and I like to get ahead of the curve on these guys because um, especially if you're in your league with free agent dollars or uh, waiver wire or things like that and you can't just pick people up um it always makes sense to get ahead of the, on these kind of moves so uh, he's someone i like and i think he's he's worth stashing to see if he could get more minutes yeah i agree all right let's get over to Brooklyn, where the Utah Jazz um, are on a torrid uh, streak right now, winning 15 of the last 16, and they easily dispatched the Nets um, while while traveling on the road. So let's get to a Bogdanovich, 32 minutes, 8 of 16 from the field, two threes, 18 points for him, two rebounds, one steal, no blocks, two turnovers. Um, so he had hit a bit of a lull, but it looks like he's back and, and scoring and doing well. Uh, Royce O'Neal, um, a very, uh, I guess, sneaky, you could say, but not sneaky, but a boring, very low-end play, but somebody that was providing 12-team value but didn't do it tonight. 0-5 from the field, 0-3 from the three-point line, no points, six rebounds, four assists, no steals, one block, one turnover. Joe Ingles continuing his season-long uh, resurgence where he started out very slow, but he's, he's turned it up uh, as of late, and he's just continuing to roll 10 of 14 from the field, six threes, hit a free throw, 
three of three rebounds, four assists, a steal, no blocks, turnover, twenty-seven points for him. Rudy Gobert doing it big, twenty-two and eighteen, four assists, one steal, two blocks, nine of twelve from the field, four of six from the free throw line. Um, really, it's just those free throws preventing him from being a first-round value. But even with the free throws factored in, uh, he's giving you pretty solid top thirty numbers. Um, let's see who else do we have here. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, 8 of 19 from the field, 25 points for him, 6 of 6 from the free throw line, 3 threes, 25 points, 4 assists. So he's almost kind of like the um, anti-Rudy Gobert because just like Rudy, he's playing in all the games. He's giving you good scoring. He's not great as a rebounder, but he's giving you more assists. He's giving you more steals, less block. Um, good free throw shooter and not a great field goal guy, although not quite the detriment that Rudy is. And then also shooting threes where Rudy doesn't give you. So almost like a mirror image of of Rudy Gobert, but both of them providing good value overall. Off the bench, Jordan Clarkson continuing his uh, pretty decent six-man role uh, from a fantasy perspective. Um, Over the past couple of weeks, let's see where he ends up in terms of overall value. But um, if you need points and you need three-pointers, he's a decent source. Um, he's just right on the precipice of 12-team value while he's been with the Jazz. So, um, you know, if you need points and threes, go for it. If if you need other stats, he's probably not going to do it for you. But he's been getting minutes and he's been scoring. His value can obviously go down some when Mike Conley gets back. But that's a problem for you to worry about whenever Mike Conley gets back. So uh, I think the Jazz are pretty solid all around. Their starting lineup has has three you know, very good fantasy players with Gober, Mitchell, and Bogdanovich. Uh, Ingles has also been pretty good. I mean, I'd put him up there now, even though he started slow. And Royce O'Neal, again, if you just, if your last spot is a waste, he doesn't have great upside, but if you need production now, he's not a horrible guy for low end production. Um, you see anything else with the Jazz? No, I think you hit the nail right on the head. All right. How about the Nets? All right. On the Brooklyn side. Uh, Joe Harris got 33 minutes tonight for 13 points on 5 of 10 from the field. Gave you a rebound, an assist, and a steal. Not a whole lot else. Torian Prince, 29 minutes for 6 points and 3 of 9 from the field. Gave you 5 rebounds and an assist with a turnover and no defensive stats. Jarrett Allen got 24 minutes tonight for 8 points on 4 of 8 from the field. Gave you only 2 rebounds and an assist with 1 block and no turnovers. Spencer Dinwiddie. 36 minutes tonight, 17 points on 7 to 17 from the field, so still getting that shot up. One of five from the free throw line is absolutely atrocious. Four rebounds, five assists, no defensive stats, and four turnovers. So, pretty rough line from Dinwiddie tonight. And then Kyrie continuing to roll now that he's back into the starting lineup, so we definitely love to see that and hope that that can continue. 32 minutes tonight for 32 points on 12 and 19 from the field. Gave you three threes, five of six from the free throw line. Five rebounds, 11 assists, two steals, a block, and only one turnover. As I said, he he's really rolling right now and looking really, really strong. Definitely um, probably an opportune time to sell high, maybe get a couple more games in there. But personally, I'm just very, very pessimistic when it comes to Kyrie Irving. And then Karis LeVert off of the bench, 26 minutes for 11 points on 5-13 from the field. Really, really struggling LeVert right now. Two rebounds, three assists, a block, and two turnovers. And then DeAndre Jordan, for some reason, 23 minutes off of the bench, nine points on four or five from the field, 14 rebounds, 
a block and three turnovers. So really eating into Jared Allen's minutes, really, really eating into Jared Allen's production. And it's pretty evident in the box score here. Um, we know who the better player is between those two. And it's unfortunate that for some reason they continue to roll with this, this timeshare between the two. Um, don't really understand it. Like I said about Kyrie, uh, you definitely love when Kyrie's playing and when he's healthy, because when he is, I mean, he's absolutely incredible and he is an invaluable fantasy asset. As I said, I'm just very, very pessimistic about his health and where the Nets really stand going forward with this season. Of course, they're still in playoff contention simply because the East is so weak. But I just wonder as they get further and further out what Kyrie's rest of the season really, really looks like and if he will eventually just kind of call it quits and pack it up. What do you? I I want to echo everything you said. I just want to emphasize. I want to. I wish we were on a on a video cast and and they could actually see me, so I could wave some kind of a siren and just you know get rid of Kyrie now. Uh, <laughs> you know, and 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 you know, he, he, who knows? He may play for the rest of the year. But if you could fetch a top twenty guy, you're not going to be losing much. You know, so um, if you could trade them and get a top 15, top 20 asset, then, you know, Kyrie is going to be in that ballpark anyway. Um, on the season and the limited amount of games he's been, he's actually been a top five player this year. Um, I guess there's some possibility that that level of production continues. But more likely, even if he's healthy, he'll probably drop down some to be in the 10 to 15 range as he's been historically. Uh, so if you could get a top 20 guy for him, somebody who's consistent, you know, um, you know, I, I mean, I, I mean, just just some names, Nikolai Vucevic, uh, Nikolai Jokic, Jimmy Butler, LaMarcus Aldridge, even any of these guys, if you could get them, I would I would trade carry for any of these people, because to me and, and like you said, I'm I'm with you. I to me, he's. To me, there's two guys in fantasy, two studs, Embiid and Irving, that I just avoid at all costs. If you're playing in a playoff format, if you're in a if you're in a uh, rotisserie format, then you could you know you could factor what the value of lost games are. But if you're in a playoff format, these are the two studs that I just avoid. So if you have them, maybe you don't share my my view on them, but they're just two guys that their health are so risky. And if you just look at them in fantasy playoff time, the past five or six seasons, and see you know what percentage of the games they've played, um, you're just you're just taking a massive risk when you don't need to because you can take another guy who's almost as good, maybe slightly less productive, but ten times more durable. So yeah, I agree. All right, um, and then. And then same thing, you know, I've got Levert in a league. I'm still holding him. I'm hoping he turns around. I'm trying to trade him. Uh, I think even if he gets more productive, he's still going to have his value drained some by his turnovers and percentages. Even if they get somewhat better, they're never going to be great. So um, he is somebody that can pile it up in the counting stats. He's not doing that yet. I do suspect he will sooner or later, but the percentages will continue to hold his value down some. All right, let's take it over to Atlanta where the Hawks actually got a victory and they did so without, or actually, excuse me, they did so with Trey Young returning from his injury. But I'll start with the Suns. 
Uh, Dario Saric, 19 minutes, four points, two assists, one steal, no blocks. Uh, Kelly Oubre, four of 16 from the field, 0 of 5 from the three-point line, three of six from the free-throw line, three rounds, one assist, one block, 11 points. Uh, Eli Okobo, 22 minutes, zero points, three rebounds, three assists. Aaron Baines getting a start over DeAndre Ayton, continues to start over him. 15 minutes for him, so not getting the starter's minutes. Uh, zero of two from the th- from the three-point line, two of two from the free-throw line, five rebounds, two assists, a block, four points. And then Devin Booker doing the heavy lifting for the Suns starting line of 12 of 23 from the field, 13 of 13 from the free-throw line, 39 points, seven rebounds, two as three assists, two steals, no blocks, and three turnovers. So, um, you know, Booker just playing like a stud. Everyone else on the Suns starting lineup playing very poorly. Oubre, uh, he's been great all season, so... Tonight was a bad line, but throw it out the window. Don't worry about it. He's a locked and loaded top 60 guy. Um, Saric, he's he's more questionable. He's been up and down. It looks like he's in one of his down phases, so probably somebody you would have to drop now if you need production. Uh, Michael Bridges did get 33 minutes off the bench, 6 of 8 from the field, 15 points, 4 assists, 4 steals, a block, 3 of 4, uh, three or four from the free throw line, and 0 of 2 from the three-point line. So... Um, Bridges is somebody that's been getting picked up and dropped all season in most leagues. Uh, this would be another one of those kind of pick him up lines. Uh, if he could get 33 minutes, he would definitely be a 12-team asset. Uh, but it's not clear if he's going to consistently get the minutes. So feel free to add him uh, if you'd like to be aggressive. If, if you want to wait a couple more games, you can do that. But that's going to be at the risk of uh, another more aggressive owner picking him up. And if he does stay with a 30-plus minute roll, you could probably pencil him for top 100 value. So pretty good upside with him if if he can uh, lock in. So if you're not going to pick up now, keep your eye on him and, and and be ready to pounce. The other guy off the bench, DeAndre Ayton, um, no questions about his value. 10 of 14 from the field, 20 points, 10 rebounds, 1 assist, no steals, 2 blocks, 4 turnovers. So um, really a good good flavor for what he can bring points rebounds good percentages uh good block numbers so uh, again he's probably a top top 40 guy solid rest of season so um if, i mean i don't know why anyone anyone who held him through the suspension and is probably not looking to sell low at this point but if if anyone is concerned that he's coming off the bench um you know feel free to see if you can get him then cam johnson 25 minutes nine points two threes one 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 on one from the free throw line five Six rebounds, three assists, a steal, a block, a turnover. Um, not quite on the fantasy radar uh, just yet, but um, if the Suns decide to go full rebuild later on in the year, um, somebody, if he gets more minutes, maybe could come into some value. But with the Suns, you're looking at Ubre as a top 50 guy, you're looking at Booker as a top 25 guy, and you're looking at Aiden as a top um, 40 guy, and then Bridges, Saric... Um, Baines even, these guys maybe can get value depending on um, who gets the minute share, but it's it's a little bit fluid, and um, any of them, well, I think Bridges would be the best speculative ad of the bunch. He's got the most upside, but any of them could be streamable if they run into the right amount of minutes. Anything else you see with the Suns? No, I think you covered it. All right, how about the Hawks? All right, on Atlanta's side of the ball, as you said, Trey Young was back in the lineup tonight, and boy, did he light it up. 37 minutes with 36 points on 11 of 25 from the field, 
I think he had so like 17 or 19 in the fourth quarter. I mean, absolutely unconscious. Five threes, nine of 11 from the free throw line, four rebounds, 10 assists, two steals, a block, and six turnovers. So a pretty high turnover volume, but everything else uh, you definitely love to see. Double-digit assists per usual. I mean, we know who Trey Young is and what he does. Kevin Herter definitely stole the show tonight. 38 minutes, 23 points on 8 of 14 from the field. Four threes and three of four from the free throw line. 15 rebounds, eight assists, a steal, no blocks, and two turnovers. Um, absolutely monster rebounding numbers tonight from Herter. And really, really strong assist totals from tonight. Um, Kevin Herter is a very, very strong strong player uh, definitely underlooked fantasy asset uh, and is a very very big guard i think his size is actually one of the most underrated aspects of his game um, i think he's maybe like six six or something like that so really really grabbing those boards showing you that length and that versatility tonight in a game that definitely uh pushed the pace john collins in the middle 29 minutes for 22 points on 10 and 16 from the field gave you two threes and 10 rebounds three blocks no steals and only one turnover uh, Collins was an absolute man tonight, catching lobs, dunking on people, looking really, really strong down low. DeAndre Hunter, 24 minutes, 15 points on 6 of 12 from the field. Gave you a 3 and 2 of 2 from the free throw line. Three rebounds, no assists, no turnovers, and no defensive stats. And then Cam Reddish got 23 minutes tonight for 4 points on 1 of 5 from the field. 0 of 1 from the 3-point line, 2 of 2 from the free throw line, 2 assists, a turnover, and no defensive stats. Off of the bench, Damian Jones got 26 minutes for 11 points and 5 of 7 from the field. Chipped in 6 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 turnovers, and a block. And then DeAndre Bembry, 22 minutes off of the bench for 5 points on 2 of 4 from the field. Gave you a rebound and assist, 2 blocks, and a turnover. Not the strongest line in the box score tonight, but definitely, I mean, really, really gave Devin Booker the business tonight. Not necessarily too reflective in Devin Booker's scoring total of 39 points, but ultimately got him ejected in the game um, late in the fourth quarter, which kind of helped the Hawks seal the deal. So um, definitely a good showing from Bembry tonight on the defensive end. Uh, any really any any thoughts from you about the about the Atlanta Hawks? No, I think good job highlighting Horator. His production has been really good in the last month. Um, he's giving you solid mid-round values, contributing across the board. So um, he's just helping in every category. He's not really hurting anywhere. I mean, you could argue his field goal percentage is a touch low, but um, really just just pr- providing good production rest of season, and, and he's someone that's developing and getting better. So um, someone who could even go higher, but at least maintain what he's been doing. Absolutely. Okay, before we get over to the West Coast portion of the evenings, let's um, uh, remind everyone that this podcast like the rest of our shows here at hoop ball is brought to you by hawaiian isles kona coffee check out their website at hawaiianisles.com on amazon by searching for hawaiian isles kona coffee or on twitter at high kona coffee h-i-k-o-n-a-c-o-f-f-e-e um i've mentioned before that i drink this during our shows and i don't sleep at night's I also want to mention that when you buy coffee beans, it's always great to get the ones that are not pre-ground. So Hawaiian Isles has both options. They've got ground and they've got the, the just the fresh roasted. Um, if you're looking to get the, the most uh, caffeine for your buck, if you're looking to get the freshest roast, get the whole beans, get a grinder. Uh, you guys can hit me up, HankAaron26 on Twitter. I can direct you. 
uh, to either the, the best kind of beans or the, or the best kind of grinder to get a really good brew. Um, it's always it's always better when you get the fresh beans. They have both options. And if you don't have a grinder, you know, you get the pre-ground. But HawaiianIsles.com. Uh, you can search on Amazon again, Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee, or on Twitter, Hi Kona Coffee. You can also hit me up on Twitter, HankAaron26. And I can direct you in the way for some good grinders and some good coffee machines so that you get the best quality high Kona coffee brew in your home. All right. Let's get over to the Cavs visiting the Clippers. Uh, Over on the Cavalier side, you got um, Alfonso McKinney, 21 minutes, 7 points, 5 rebounds, 1 assist. Chetty Osman, 7 of 13, 5 threes, 2 of 2, 21 points, 3 rebounds, 1 assist, no steals, no blocks, 2 turnovers. Tristan Thompson having a bad offensive night tonight or had a bad offensive night. 0 5 from the field, 0 points, 8 rebounds, no steals, no blocks, no turnovers. Not getting it done for his owners tonight. Colin Sexton is giving you a really good good line tonight. 10 of 18 from the field, 4 of 6 from the 3-point line, 1 of 1 from the free line, 25 points. One rebound, one assist, two steals, no block, three turnovers. And then Darius Garland, been playing well recently. Uh, decent numbers, but poor shooting. Five of 16 from the field, two threes. Two of two from the free throw line, but 14 points. Ten assists, really gives you a good line still, even with the poor shooting. One steal, no block, three turnovers. So uh, Sexton and Garland are really meshing well together in the backcourt. Uh, Sexton's efficiency has gone up quite a bit. Um, he's, he's still in the realm of point specialist but as a point specialist with good percentages uh he's a pretty good value um on the season and the reality is players that score a lot of points in fantasy tend to be overvalued so if you have him you could probably trade him for for more than what he's worth if you picked him up off the wire you got a pretty good asset on your hands and again the good percentages are really giving him good value garland uh, poor shooting night tonight but also, someone that's percentages have been uh, surprisingly decent recently, and uh, providing you know decent twelve team value on the season. So these guys have nowhere to go but up. Um, so I like the rest of the season. I look for both of them. If you get your hands on either one of them, uh, I would. But you're probably going to have to overpay for Sexton. You probably may even have to overpay for Garland as well. Um, off the bench, you got Larry Nance, nineteen minutes, zero points. Three rebounds, four assists, one steal. John Henson getting 19 minutes, four of eight, 10 points, seven rebounds, two assists, one steal, three blocks. Um, so if Kevin Love stays out, um, I'm not sure if they're they're going to give Henson minutes, but he has proven the ability to be a block specialist in limited time. Um, and then Dante Exum came over in that trade for Jordan Clarkson, one of five from the field, two points, three rebounds, two assists. Not really on the fantasy radar, but if for whatever reason they're trying to develop him or do something with him, just keep your eye on him. I, I don't think that's going to be the case with Sexton and Garland, but he may. It's possible he gets a role. And then Brandon Knight getting 26 minutes tonight as well, but 0 of 6 from the field, 0 points, 1 rebound, 1 assist, not on the fantasy radar at all. So um, as far as the Cavs go, without Kevin Love, you saw there's a lot of usage to pass around. Chad Yosman. Uh, took advantage of it tonight. Um, still on the season, you know, really outside of the 12 team radar. But if you need points and you need three pointers, he's someone that you could stream, especially if Love is out. 
Um, and then as we've, we've discussed love before, you know, he's he's got every red flag in the book. Um, but some some of those red flags would be wiped away if he got traded. So if you're a Kevin Love owner, you better be pulling for a trade. Even if his per game value goes down, his likelihood of playing for the rest of the season goes up. And then uh, people may not want to hear this with this kind of a line tonight. Larry Nance, 19 minutes, zero points. But I still like him as a speculative ad. Uh, if Kevin Love doesn't end up getting traded at the trade deadline, I, I probably would would not like him as much. But I think there is opportunity there for Nance. So um, if you can eat the poor production in the short term, I like him as a speculative ad. Um, anything else with the Cavs? No, I think you covered it, and great point. You know, I think outside of Sexton and Garland, the point guard situation in Cleveland is is pretty pretty bad. So, definitely the only two guys worth mentioning. Um, who who would you rather have between the duo though, the rest of the season? Um, uh, good question. Uh, I probably would take Garland, um, just because just because the assists are harder to come by. But it depends on what you need. If if you've got a good, if you need the scoring, you take Sexton. Uh, but if you need the assists, you take Garland. So uh, I think their value will end up being pretty similar. So I don't think there's a big difference. Um, but I I like the idea of getting a big point score. If for no other reason, then you could probably trade him more easily. Yeah, I agree with that. All right, what do you see with the Clips? All right, Clips show tonight. Pat Bev forgot 22 minutes for 10 points on 3 of 7 from the field. Gave you two threes, two four from the free throw line. Gave you seven rebounds, nine assists, a steal, and no turnovers. Um, Pat Beverly continues to quietly contribute across the board. Um, Looked pretty strong for the Clippers in that starting point guard position when he is healthy. Landry Shamit got 25 minutes for 12 points on 4 of 11 from the field. Gave you four threes, um, all four of his shots, seven rebounds, three assists, no defensive stats, no turnovers. Zubak started in the middle, got 24 minutes for 12 points on six of eight from the field. Gave you 10 rebounds and two assists, four blocks tonight, and one turnover. Mo Harkless, 26 minutes, six points on three or four from the field. Gave you 11 rebounds, a block, no steals, and one turnover. And then Kawhi Leonard went absolutely bonkers tonight in 28 minutes. Dropping 43 points on 14 and 22 from the field, six threes, nine of 10 from the free throw line, three rebounds, four assists, a block, two steals, and only one turnover. Going absolutely crazy. Lou Will joining in on the fun in 19 minutes off of the bench for 24 points on 10 of 13 from the field. Gave you two threes, two of two from the free throw line, a rebound, four assists, no defensive stats, and three turnovers. And then Montrez, 19 minutes off of the bench for 12 points on 5 of 11 from the field, chipping in three rebounds, two assists, two steals, no blocks, and one turnover. Um, definitely Montrez is a guy who you'd rather own, even though Zubat continues to get the start. Uh, we know where the value lies and what Montrez, um, <clears throat> I should say, contributes in. Um, can definitely hurt you from the free throw line, and that showed tonight on two of five um, attempts that from the free throw line, so not very strong there. Um, but definitely strong scoring-wise off of the bench. We know with Paul George being out of the lineup, we can probably reasonably expect it to be Lou Williams who's going to carry the the brunt of that offensive load um, scoring-wise. And you can see that tonight with the 24 points on 10 and 13 from the field. 
Um, outside of those guys off the bench, Lou Will and Montrez, not really a whole lot of value here to discuss. Jermichael Green got 21 minutes and did absolutely nothing with them. Um, Mo Harkless was in the starting lineup tonight, but again, that's going to be because they were Sands Paul George. Otherwise, he would be coming off the bench as well. And then the other guys, Rodney Magruder and Jerome Robinson, um, not really worth discussing. Uh, any thoughts from you on the on the Clippers minus Paul George? I think when George goes out, there's a little bit of streaming value with Harkless. Um, you know, he did it with the rebounds tonight, but in general, uh, he's somebody that can contribute threes, blocks, steals. Uh, so if you're in a tight matchup, if you want to pop somebody in there for one or two games, uh, and you, if you're close in a few different categories, I think Harkless can help. So, uh, points is not going to be his thing, but three pointers, rebounds, steals, blocks, not going to give you much in the assist category either. Uh, and then he won't uh, really negatively affect you in field goal, free throw, or turnover. So uh, if you've got a close nine-category matchup, you could use Harkless while George is out. Um, but Harkless himself is, you know, goes in and out of the lineup with injuries. Then Shamit also can be a streaming option for three-pointers. But you, uh, you went through it, and, and I think you covered it all. All right, let's take it to the last game of the evening. Mavericks blowing out the Warriors. Um, but before we do, just one more reminder about mybookie.ag. I use promo code BOXSCORE. I get on there. You got a lot of things you can bet on. Uh, it's not only sports that they've got. They've got all sorts of odds, um, Oscars, you know, uh, different types of things. And anyone watching the Jeopardy! Tournament of Champions tonight, uh, Ken Jennings won. But uh give you some advice from... James Holzhauer, who is the uh, sports gambling expert of the three, you know, one way that he made a lot of money betting on sports was by betting on things that there aren't necessarily the historic data to to support. So if you're going to bet on an NFL game or you're going to bet on an NBA game, there's a lot of information on, on how they set those lines and how they set those odds. But if you go bet on something a little bit more uh, esoteric, those lines are going to be different um, and there's going to be more opportunity to to beat the house. So, you know, don't just check out the basketball and football. Go out there, look at what they've got under entertainment. They've got something, you know, called death matchups where you can bet on, you know, who's going to die first between uh, certain celebrities and, you know, things like that. So there aren't necessarily, um, you know, ways to accurately predict these things so that maybe the odds are a little bit better on those type of things didn't mean to be more but with the deaths death matchups but there are, there's a few different things there so anyway mybookie.ag m-y-b-o-o-k-i-e dot a-g box score is the promo code so when they give you the when you sign up when you put in your first deposit enter the promo code box score and get up to 50 get 50 percent up to one thousand dollars of free money to play with so with that, let's go into the final game of the evening. The Mavericks blew out the Warriors, so the third quarter, uh, fourth quarter doesn't really, um, you know, players weren't playing uh, and, and the minutes were reduced. Dwight Powell having a great game. Perfect uh, efficiency from the field. Nine of nine from the free throw line. One of one from the three. Two of two from the free throw line. 21 points. Six rebounds, two assists, a steal, no blocks, and one turnover. Maxi Kleba, 11 points, seven rebounds, one assist, three threes. Three or five from the field, free 
field. Two of two from the free throw line. Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, one of six from the field. One three-pointer, three of four. Six points for him. Luka Doncic, quiet night, but again, didn't start as we're really playing much in the fourth. Eight of 19 from the field. 20 points, seven rebounds, eight, excuse me, 20 points, eight rebounds, two assists, one steal. Then Tim Hardaway Jr., 12 points, two threes, three rebounds, four assists, and a steal. Off the bench, Boban, 6 of 14, 13 points, 11 rebounds. And DeLon Wright, 20, 20 minutes for him, 3 of 8 from the field, 6 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 blocks. Um, Jalen Brunson, he's having his minutes reduced, so only three, 13 minutes for him, 6 points, 3 of 3 from the field, 5 assists, 4 rebounds. Uh, so... Chris Stapps is still out. Uh, apparently, tonight, the illness was the bigger issue. And so, um, if he gets better from the illness, he's supposedly ready to come back in. Uh, Chris Stapps is another guy uh, like Kyrie Irving and Joel Embiid. Somebody that I would just sell at any given opportunity if given a good price. So, if, if he comes back healthy and plays a few good games, I'd try to move him for something approximating equal value to wherever he's ranked if possible um i've discussed the lawn right anytime i can because i'm frustrated but i continue to own him and you know these these lines that he puts up seven points he hit a three six rebounds three assists two blocks i mean it's technically a 12 team line so i got to keep him on but again only 20 minutes tonight uh and tonight's tonight's number is uh, minutes are obviously because of the fourth quarter. It's not really reflective, but um, not really breaking out in terms of minutes, but continuing to just kind of sneakily give you value if you hold on to him. Um, so he may be on your wire if you got a 12th or 13th best player who's, who's not doing much. You can add him. He'll give you some steals, assists, three-pointers, uh, and then doesn't hurt you anywhere. So uh, he does have that sneaky nine category value um anything else with the Mavs no I think you covered it um I'm a right owner myself and like you said I'm just trying to hold and weather the storm and hope that you know he can can get it right no pun intended um I mean on the on the season in 20 minutes a game he's a ninth round value you know so yeah that's too good to drop now obviously a big part of that is his low turnover number but even aside from that, if you need steals, assists, he gives you those categories uh, without hurting you in the percentages and without hurting you in turnover. So um, if those if those are categories you're targeting, he's he's worth holding on to. And, and there's upside there if he could get more minutes. Okay. Yeah, I agree. Take us home with the Warriors. All right. On the Golden State side of the ball... Glenn Robinson the third got 31 minutes tonight for 13 points on six to ten from the field. Gave you a three, seven rebounds, two assists, no blocks, a steal, and one turnover. Draymond Green in 27 minutes tonight scored five points on two of six from the field. Gave you a three, three rebounds, four assists, a steal, no blocks, and two turnovers. Omari Spellman started in the middle of the night for 27 minutes, but didn't do too much. Ten points on four or nine from the field. 2-2 from the free throw line, four rebounds, no steals, no blocks, no assists, and no turnovers. Alec Burks in 29 minutes tonight, 10 points on 4-13 from the field, two three-pointers, six rebounds, five assists, and a turnover with no defensive stats. D'Angelo Russell 
healthy and playing 34 minutes for 13 points on five of 17 from the field of six on the three point line, three or four from the free throw line, three rebounds, eight assists, no defensive stats and six turnovers. Absolutely sinks you. And then off of the bench, Willie Colley signed 17 minutes for eight points on three or five from the field with six rebounds, two steals and a block. And then Jordan Poole, 28 minutes for 17 points um, <clears throat> on 6 to 12 from the field with three threes, two or four from the free throw line, two rebounds, five assists, a turnover, and no defensive stats. Eric Pascal also got 25 minutes for 16 points on 7 of 11 from the field with two threes, three rebounds, two turnovers, and no defensive stats or assists. So as far as the Warriors go, I mean, they're an absolute mess. There's a lot to talk about from a fantasy perspective, but not a whole lot of value um, to really be had. The only guys, truthfully, that I would even consider owning on the Warriors or want to own at this point would definitely be Damian, um, Damian Lee, who did not play tonight. I know that they're trying to finalize his two-way contract, uh, or not his two-way contract, his actual contract. He's coming off of the two-way. Um, so he should be back into the lineup, I believe, sometime this week. Um, hopefully he'll play over the weekend. Um, but other than him and possibly Omari Spellman, really not a whole lot of guys I'm going out of my way for. Uh, you know, you like D'Angelo Russell. You're wondering what it's going to end up happening with Steph Curry with the rumors of him possibly coming back um, and actually playing this season when it was looking like he might just sit it out. Um, so that's definitely a positive sign if you're owning him, if he's on your waiver wire and you have room for him on your bench or in an IR. I mean, go ahead and add him because even if he does come back and only play for a handful of games in a limited amount of weeks, I mean, he, he's going to be an instant. I mean, he's instantly going to help you win your matchup. I mean, just because I mean, we're talking about Steph Curry, we, we know who he is. We know what he brings to the table. Uh, but like I said, not really a whole lot of guys I really want to own here on the Warriors. Uh, what do you think, Hank, as far as value on this team? Well, let's talk. I mean, I'll, I'll briefly say Spellman is probably somebody who's on the wire. It's probably getting snatched up recently. Did not do well tonight. May come back on your wire. Worth adding. Uh, let me take a minute on Curry because I just added him in my biggest league. And um, that league, we've got a waiver wire format. So you can't just pick up. you gotta, you got to do it. There's only two pickups a week. And you're kind of at the mercy of what anyone else does in front of you. So I went ahead and added him. I'm middle of the pack as far as playoffs go. Um, and we don't obviously we don't have an IR spot, um, so you know I rolled the dice. I think that they're going to reevaluate him two weeks, and it's Steph Curry. So as long as he comes back, at this point I think he's healthy. Uh, I think the issue is just how much do the Warriors want to play him? Do they want to play him at all? Do they want to tank? What's going on? What's the decision going to be? I think if it was, if they were competing and they they wanted to win the title, that you know he'd be back already. So. Um, I think he's someone that you got to take a long look at if he's available on your wire. Uh, if you've got an IR spot, I'm sure he'd, he'd already be on it. So you, it's it's something where you don't have an IR spot and it's just, are you going to take the hit on the production? Now, I will also tell everyone this, uh, something I hadn't noticed when I made the pickup, but something that's turning out to be pretty good is that um, there's a number of days this week and next week where a lot of teams are playing. So Curry or whoever your 12th or 11th guy is, you wouldn't even be playing them. So for instance, on I think this Saturday, 
and Monday because of football. The NBA didn't schedule many games on Sunday. So uh, it's an extra couple of days where you're going to have players on the bench anyway. Uh, so it, it buys you a little bit more time to just have Curry on your bench and see what happens. So, um, you know, Curry's the guy to own. It's it's Curry. If he, I mean, you're not going to find a top five guy on your waiver. So um, if you're not struggling to make the playoffs... Even if you're putting yourself at risk, I'm putting myself at risk, but you got to make these type of moves because somebody else in your league will. And if Curry comes back at all, it's going to be a big deal. Oh, yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, that is going to wrap it up for the box score for this evening. Um, Well, where can we find you for the rest of this week, David? Yeah, catch me on Thursday for another box score. Uh, me and Chris will be getting after it. Um, and then other than that, as always, find me on Twitter at DFB underscore three. Hit me up with all your fancy questions and conundrums. All right, you can hit me up on Twitter, Hank Aaron 26 H-A-N-K-A-A-R-O-N-2-6. You can hit me up on Twitter. All right, David, thank you very much. Thank you all for joining us tonight and uh, at any time listening to this podcast. And we will see you all next week. Good night, folks. This has been a Hoop Ball presentation. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Fileo fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.